Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. So I I wanted to go back to something you said earlier um, about the doors opening and the roles you've had. Clearly, you've had a great journey within Humana. But you said two things that caught my attention. One was you talked about networking within the HR space. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk to you about how important you feel that is in terms of new opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing was that you wanted to develop a new onboarding program, which shows me that you were really thinking outside of the box and maybe outside of what was being asked of you. So can you talk about how both of those pieces have helped with uh, different opportunities within Humana? Great. Okay, so I'll start with the onboarding program. So um, at the time when I left pharmacy, I was a people leader. I had different types of roles under me and we were surrounded by people so we had some folks who were pharmacy technicians some folks who were pharmacists some folks who were data analysts all across the board and we didn't have a singular language so you know a lot of people talk about the homopedia it used to be that directory of all terms so one of the interns who came in through pharmacy i asked her to do a pet project for me and there were 175 acronyms used just within pharmacy and if you didn't, if you weren't a pharmacist, you wouldn't know some of those things. And so just something as basic as like, what is a formulary? What is a rebate? What does a trend look like? You know, what, what, what do we do? How do we make decisions? And um, so it was really just sort of a schematic that I put together to say, if someone's new into pharmacy, what does it look like to, to work here? Who's the leadership team? What do they do? What do you do? And I still think that's probably a need in all areas of this company. Um, but at the time, because I was leading a team and they were asking me those questions, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can position it and someone else will take on this task. I really was trying to give it away to someone else. But, um, but when I started talking about it and having conversations, I think the team, the pharmacy leadership team, they were, they were very supportive and hopeful. I just think there was a lot of work at the time. And um, it just... Um, so one of the people I trust there, who's one of our, our great well-being champions, she said to me, you know, I think you might want to talk to some people in HR and see if maybe they're thinking of breaking out special onboarding programs for different groups. And I said, oh, OK, I'll do that. Where do I start? And so she knew one name and that's the one person I contacted. I said, hey, um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, this onboarding program, not really sure who to connect with in HR. Do you mind if we connect and you can give me some names. So that was my uh, first step in the process. And that was big for me. I have a strong uh, fear of rejection, I think, um, in general. And so for me to just sort of reach out and be vulnerable and say, I don't really know what I'm asking you, but I just want to 
know what you do and how do things happen and all the stuff. And by this time, you know, I'd already been with the company for six years, so you'd think I had some understanding, but I really didn't because I'd only been in this one area. And honestly, I didn't really network that much outside of my area at the time. And so um, so I met with her, and she said, you know, I kind of see what you're saying here, and I have nothing to offer you, but I know somebody else who kind of knows about onboarding, and so she connected me with him. And so I met with him, and he said, oh, this is a good idea. You know, if anything ever transpires, I'll let you know, and... Uh, you know, great. Okay. Th- so then he said, but you know, someone else you might want to talk to who's moved around the organization a lot is this other person. Oh, okay, great. So the one thing I would recommend around networking is even if you meet with one person, maybe at the end of the conversation to ask, who else do you think I should meet with? And I think then the thing about folks that is, I mean, at least associates here, are they're very open to tell their story and where how they got into this place and what they've learned and who they've talked to. And and so the third person I met with, um, she just shared sort of her experience with me, and that was kind of where it ended. So it was actually the very first lady I connected with that I told you about is the one who told me about the opening in HR, which I never would have met her had I not kind of put my arm out there and said, hey, like, I need help. I don't right. know what to ask. So that that was is something that I learned. But I recently went to a conference and there was a whole session on rejection. And um, I'm a board member at the YMCA. And so one of the things we have to do is fundraise, which terrifies me mm-hmm. in general. And um, so I thought this is great because I need to learn how to just be rejected. And the, the gentleman who was talking was just basically saying, you know, what is, you know, we always think about what's the worst that can happen. You know, we really need to reframe what we're doing and say, like, what is the best that could happen? And having this conversation, you know, just assume that the worst is already going to happen. But what's the best that could happen if you if you do ask? And um, I'll share another quick story in that same vein. So right now I'm in a mentor program, um, and my mentor uh, said I was sharing my fear of rejection and this, you know, fear of networking and surface conversation and the whole bit. And he said, you know, I really encourage you to look at each person and say, that person has a purpose in my life. It may not be now, but it might be later or I'm going to get something good out of this. Even if nothing else, I just learned to, to talk about myself and to give my pitch a little bit easier. So one day if you're in an elevator and someone who's really big says, hey, what do you do? You have it off the cuff and you don't have to think about it. And so at this conference, um, I actually shared this with him today, uh, but I had to go, you know, at these conferences, they have like a bingo scorecard and you go around and you have to get everyone to sign it after you've talked to them at their table, which is my worst nightmare. And um, so I did it. I went to each one and each each table I approached, I would just in my head say, okay, this person might be meaningful in my life later. This person might be meaningful in my life later. And I would just talk to them and they'd sign my card. Well, I ended up winning a free conference because of... (laughs) my bingo card but fantastic but interestingly enough you know now that we're looking at these different clinics in different states a lot of the groups I talk to have representation in those states and so if I were to ever you know work on one of the projects where we might offer you know let's say a clinic in another market I already have a contact which I wouldn't have met had I not gone up there and talked to these people begrudgingly but um, and like I've got to admit, like I would never <laughs> think that about you because anytime, like I'm like you're my go-to person. Anytime I see it, someone's I'm like, hey, Whitney, like because I know you're going to be the connector and you're going to be talking mm-hmm. to people in the room. So is that like a, a skill you keep like 
working on because you just seem like so full of life and able to go speak to people easy. But that's, again, that's my my perception. Oh, that's sweet of you. Thanks. (laughs) Um, No, I would actually say that that is uh, my, I don't know, I think everyone is sort of a cast member you know, here, and I, th- and I feel that way sometimes. And, you know, when I went through the Disney experience, when we went through the Disney Institute, that's what they said, is that each cast member, once you come out, you sort of have to force yourself into a role that you may not always be naturally. And I think that that is a space where I'm really trying to force myself into conversations. And, and honestly, it's been really neat, at least in my faith, how often just a, a conversation that was unplanned will... Uh, you know, open the opportunity for prayer. Like you'll see me, I just like pray for people sometimes just publicly here at Humana. And, um, you know, I'm not as ashamed of doing that as I used to be. So I think it's helping me in multiple fronts, not only professionally, but just spiritually to be, you know, more bold. And who you are, right? (laughs) Right. Well, well, and I think that's a big part of inclusion diversity is how do we bring our whole selves to work? And the network resource groups are built to be able to have a space where we can bring our full self. And so when we think about the different NRGs, I never think about the spirituality part, Mm -hmm. right? I never have tied that into that. For me, that is part of who I am. And I'm always so careful not to talk about it, bring it up. But it is part of who some of us are. So how do we continue to bring that fully? Mm -hmm. It's just, I never thought about it before, but that's that's a great call out. Mm -hmm. And then I know there was another part of your question. well, really, the, the whole question there was a lot of times, especially in the virtual world, we we have a hard time figuring out ways to move into different roles mm-hmm. or grow with the company um, for a number of reasons. But things normally aren't handed to people mm-hmm. because there is some work that has to be done mm-hmm. in order to let those doors be open. And I think you really touched on the networking and just creating something from nothing and Putting yourself in a vulnerable position, an uncomfortable position so that you can grow. I think those are huge pieces that that we can all learn from and try to apply in our work work lives. Yeah. So thank you. You are listening to This Humana Life with co-hosts Tara DeLucia, Carmen Pantoja Evans, Brittany LaMare, and our special guest. Be sure to text THL to 239 355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile or share with us on Yammer at go slash THL. I'm kind of flipping the page, but not completely. I, I am curious. As we've talked about earlier, you've had a lot of different um, efforts that you've supported, but have you ever been told no? And what, how did you deal with that? I did. I have, I have been told no. Um, so I'm trying to think of a couple of things. So one of the things I think that for me was really important is um, thinking about the feedback again. So when I was doing the open enrollment surveys, one of the things that came out loud and clear is that our associates were really having trouble, even though we're sort of in the insurance business, understanding the deductible and the premium and what choices I should make. 
and it's just sort of open enrollment tool and people have to go in and make these choices without a whole lot of consideration for well what if we're thinking of starting a family this year what if um, you know I think you know something else might be changing in my health what if someone was recently diagnosed with a condition and so I um, when I joined the benefit space knowing that I didn't know what I was doing I started googling you know employee benefits 101 how do I learn about benefits and I stumbled upon this company called Jelly Vision and they offered a tool called the Meet Alex tool and the Meet Alex tool is a decision making tool where it essentially talks to you it's narrated um, and it asks you questions and it's like so you know do you think that you're going to start a family okay you want to cover your kids how many do you have one or two okay you cover your spouse okay great you know do you smoke do you do all these things and it sort of creates a funnel to help you to make enrollment decisions um this is at the same time when a lot of the gamification stuff is coming through. And so I started pitching the idea of offering a digital decision-making tool back in like 2015. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I had to maintain this relationship with this company. There are plenty of tools that do this, but this is one that I really gravitated toward. And so I had to maintain this relationship with this vendor who every single year I would bring them in and I would really kind of talk about all the opportunity and what's new on the horizon for you guys. Oh, great, great, great. And then I would kind of come to my group and say, hey guys, what do y'all think? And they're like, eh, I don't know. This doesn't make, I don't know if this makes sense or um, well, couldn't we just do something in a one pager or some kind of other booklet to help people make decisions? And okay, okay. And so then I would put it back in my pocket and then the next year I'd do the same dance. So I'm doing the dance with this company for a while. So insert Workday. So last year we migrated to Workday. And the way to explain Workday is it's a great transactional tool. You know, it's very, I think, easy to use and it's kind of um, systematic in the way that you do things and that's great. The problem is that in our old, our old enrollment center, there used to be a little more education around the choices you were making. So it could have a pop-up box to say, you know, don't forget that if you um, cover your spouse, then you might have, um, you know, a spousal surcharge and that kind of thing. Well, Workday doesn't have that capability. It's, do you want to enroll your spouse? Yes or no? And so I thought, oh, opportunity knocks for something to help people sort of bridge the gap. And so um, uh, we pitched the idea again uh, last year and were able to um, bring the Meet Alex tool on board and it was really helpful. I mean their NPS score is pretty high with our associates. The one thing that's interesting with our associate population is when you offer a bunch of new tools all at once. It's almost like analysis paralysis. Everyone doesn't know what to do, and I get that. And so we did have a, a little bit of a learning curve there with some of the feedback of associates were saying, like, I don't know, do I enroll in the Meet Alex tool? What is the Workday tool for? Do they just capture my decisions that I make in this other tool and trying to connect the pieces? But you don't know until you try. And so we have created a way now that we sort of explain the two tools um, even, um, I think, even better than last year and the ways that they work together. We've made the Meet Alex tool a little more um, unique just for our group and make coming down to some of those details. So I would say that, yes, I was told no for three years. Um, but I think at the same time, and I find this in a lot of projects where you have an idea and you sort of put it on paper and then you put it away and then three or four years later, it'll just come up and say, have we ever done this? Have we ever thought about this? And you already have something ready to go. Um, the Wellbeing Center was like that as well. I went to a conference when I had my daughter, so let's see, she's six. So um, 
I went to a conference and this woman from Pepsi was talking about their associate portal and how the way that the navigation worked and all these different features and how it could all be in one place together. And, and I was like, oh, fascinated. And I kept all of her PowerPoint presentations. And then I created sort of an, an outline for what the the well-being center might look like before it was the well-being center. So that opportunity didn't come along until two and a half years later when they were saying, oh, well, Hi is about to launch. Maybe we should redo the ABC. And I'm like, well, yeah, let me just get this actually happen. <laughs> Excuse me. I happen to have an outline of what it might look like. And so um, I just say it would say that if, you know, if there is an idea that you have, that you obviously have passion behind the need for it, back it with data, and then just keep bringing it up. And the steady drumbeat will serve you well, especially if it's something that will be better for everyone. So Beth Bierbauer always says, no just means not now, mm-hmm. which is something mm-hmm. she gave to us maybe about a year ago that this fits perfectly and I think it's a great reminder I think we all have these great ideas and timing is such a big piece of of that and so just understanding that no just means not now and those stories perfectly explain that yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, and thanks. Alex is like the blue flat design blob guy right uh-huh. I remember being like this is snazzy Humana <laughs> this is not plum or green no. this this is nice yeah, yeah. and I, I I am a TRICARE beneficiary so I really appreciated the tool because I was like I know I don't need the health insurance but what else might I need That's right. and perfect tool I appreciate it because although we we work like you said in insurance we don't know Mm -hmm. everything especially like disability insurance and some of these other really amazing benefits that are out there that's right and so you've you've mentioned uh, you're clearly a creator and a doer so with the Pathfinder program can you share a little bit about how you've been involved and how that came about yeah, because it's, it's something I'm passionate about. Myself. I know you are. Um, so let me go back to before the Pathfinder program was even created. So when I was in pharmacy, I actually was a people leader and I got to see firsthand some of the experience of the um, new hires into our community because, you know, we committed to hiring um, these um veterans, military spouses from all over. And we had a huge influx come into our Humana population, which is great. And, you know, like I said, I was raised by um, a man who served in Vietnam. So, um, of course, that's where my heart is. And I realized really quickly just the difference in coming into a company like Humana where you know, everyone calls each other Bob. I mean, you don't have like clear hierarchy, you know, in the military, you have roles and you understand your place. And here you're, you're coming in and your boss is named Jim and you're his bo- boss is named Bob and you call everyone by their first names. And when you walk into a room of people you don't know, you don't know who's at the table. I mean, in the military, you're seated by rank. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that. And so Um, When I joined the Salute NRG, um, I was given sort of a pet project um, along with David Best to look at the turnover um, in our veteran and um, military spouse population. And we were learning that it was 40 percent. And a lot of it, you know, based on exit survey information, is just the transition into Humana. And coming from, you know, especially if you're newly separated, coming over here and then just not knowing your place, how you fit, where you go, you know, what are your goals? And, you know, in the military, um, you have very, you know, your goals are set. You know, here we start like five minutes late after the beginning of every meeting. And, and there are just things that are culturally different. 
And so we talked about, um, similar to um, a sponsorship program in the military, creating sort of a mentor program where a new hire is then paired with someone who's an existing uh, existing associate who has a similar background and who can just talk you through, you know, here, let me be a sounding board for you. What questions do you have that I can answer for you that are not given to you in onboarding? You're not going to just find out. And um, so the way the process works is basically if you're a new hire and you have some type of military affiliation, we'll send you an email to your personal email address before you even start and say, hey, we have this Pathfinder program. Would you like to be paired with an existing associate once you arrive? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. And if they say yes, then we have this great list of roster, this great roster of all these people who've offered to be a Pathfinder, and we pair them with either a military spouse or, um, or a veteran, depending on you know your affiliation. And then you're paired with that person, and basically everyone can run the program as they like. They each know, um, you know, they have liberty if they want to do phone calls, if they want to have a coffee meeting, if they just want to, you know, correspond over email. But it really is just to provide that new hire with someone who's not their direct leader, who might have some insight in working here and a similar background. We are trying still to determine an ROI for the program based on retention and just engagement scores. It's tough. Again, the the workday transition gave us a little bit of pause because some of the ways we were receiving information changed, uh, but we're working on it. And of recent, there's a supplementary program now that's that's, um, in its infancy stage, but they're putting together a day one kind of onboarding program for these folks as well, where they can come in and they can learn a little bit about Humana history, they can learn about the Salute NRG, and um, and so that's offered to these new hires as well, and they're piloting sort of this onboarding class um, as we speak. Awesome. Well, I want to be mindful of time, so, um, and just make sure if there was anything else you wanted to share or something you had prepared that that you wanted to make sure we discussed, I would love to give you the opportunity to share. Okay, um, let's see. One, there, there are two things. Um, one is just, you know, um, there's a, a question, a, a thought question you all gave me is, what's the story that um, you don't get to tell often enough? And I would say that um, it's probably how good our HR leadership team really is. I think in HR specifically, sometimes it comes with a bad rap. And I will say that this leadership team, uh, you know, Tim Huval refers to everyone who works here as each heartbeat. And that's sweet. That's what he he says. I mean, in our town halls, he'll say like each heartbeat and he'll go on with whatever he's saying. And it's because he really does care about each person who works here. And that is just disseminated down to his team. And then the way that they are looking out for us, um, you know, whether it's in the way that talent management or with AIP, you know, um, the different well-being programs. So that's something I don't get to share as often as I'd like. The other thing is... um, the the one thing I would tell people just as advice is, um, it's interesting. Know the characteristics about you um, that people often make fun of are actually the the things that you do best, or that the the way you provide value. So what I mean by that is, everyone I know, not just my children, but my friends, my coworkers, you know, my neighbors, they call me mom, and the reason they do that is because. 
not that I'm nagging, but I'm always like nagging. trying to, you know, help people or, you know, organize people and, um, and get people together. And then, and so I have always sort of begrudgingly like love that term because I feel like there's nothing better than being called a mom by Sounds others. like a servant's heart. Well, that's right. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, a lot of people um, have sort of pet names from others, but instead of looking at them with, um, you know, some kind of disdain just to look at it is that's the trait that you bring into the world that people recognize. And so if they're poking fun, it's really out of adoration. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are very appreciative of you joining us and we're really excited to see how else you impact Humana and all the heartbeats. So thank you. No, thank you all for having me. And that's it for this episode. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional. Stay curious and inspire others.